All right, if you'll take and turn to our passage of Scripture, 2 Peter chapter number 1. 2 Peter chapter number 1, and I hope that you'll keep your Bible handy. We're going to be turning to some other passages through the message. We've been seeing in our text here as, it, as to what it takes to mature us believers and to become effective in our walk with the Lord. One problem prevalent among too many of God's people today is that they're spiritually immature. It's not that they've not been saved for a while, it's just they've not grown the way they should. And there are too many believers who should have grown by now, but they haven't done it at all. And let me add that there are too many believers who think they're grown up in the Lord, but uh, they're still walking around in immaturity. And we've been looking here. Let's go ahead and read our passage of Scripture here. Second uh, Peter chapter 1, verses 5 through 7. This is our, our text for this uh, series of keys to spiritual growth. And he says here, And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness. And here's this morning, and to godliness, brotherly kindness. And next week, Lord willing, to brotherly kindness, charity. And we'll be done uh, with looking at these things that we're to add to our faith. But we've, uh, thus far, we've seen that you must have, first of all, have a firm foundation of faith to build upon. Uh, saving faith uh, must be there in order to grow spiritually. And we, so we said we must be spiritually diligent about adding to our faith or growing spiritually. It's not something that's just going to happen. It's not going to happen over time. It's not going to happen without effort being put forth. We must be spiritually diligent. And we've said, and we've took a, taken a look at uh, things that we are to add. We said we must add virtue to our faith, and that's the desire to do what's right. So we must add knowledge of what is right uh, to that virtue. If you're going to do what's right, you've got to know what right is. And so that's why you add knowledge. And then we said we must add temperance to that knowledge, and temperance is the self-discipline or the determination to do what's right. And then we said we must add patience to that temperance, the spiritual endurance to just keep on once we started doing right, to do what is right even when we're challenged or we're opposed. And then last week we saw that we must add godliness to temperance and we talked about how godliness comes from a devotion that results in a life that is pleasing to Him. We love our Lord so much we want to be like Him and we add that godliness in our life. Now, this morning we see that we are to godly, that godliness we must add brotherly kindness, brotherly kindness. And the, uh, understand that the first additions to our faith uh, pertain to believers' inner life and the relationship to God. These last two that we're going to see this week and Lord willing next week relate to our relationship with other people, with each other as brothers and sisters in Christ, and also to others as it comes to the world. What is brotherly kindness? Well, brotherly kindness is translated from a, a word, uh, the Greek word Philadelphia. Yeah, it's just like Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. It's called the city of brotherly love. You know why it's called that? Because that's what Philadelphia means. It means brotherly love. And it's translated elsewhere in Scripture as brotherly love. And it means a practical caring for others as you would for a family member. 
And we know uh, the writer of Hebrews says that uh, let brotherly love continue in Hebrews 13 verse 1. <coughs> Excuse me. Sadly, we live in a world that is largely cold and impersonal, and it's getting more so that way, isn't it? Uh, where those who take time to care for others are more likely the exception rather than the rule that that ought not to be that the way that it is with us. Within the local church, things should be different. Caring for others, especially our brothers and sisters in Christ, should not be uh, the, the uh, it should be the rule, not the exception. Amen. It should be the rule, not the exception to the rule. And when we received the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior, understand we not only entered into a relationship with Him, thank God we have a relationship with Christ, but we also entered into a relationship with each other. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. You know, we are, we are in God's family, the family of God. And uh, listen, if we are going to be serious about our spiritual growth, then we must demonstrate brotherly kindness. And how do we do that? How do we accomplish that? By making sure that our care for one another is marked by three things. Uh, number one, our love for one another. Uh, should be marked by honesty. Back in First Peter, look at First Peter chapter number one, just a few pages back from where you are there, and we're going to deal with uh, just the the, the uh, first part of chapter chapter number one, verse number uh, twenty-two. Uh, the the second part of that comes in next week. Now look at verse 22. To seeing you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit and unfeigned love of the brethren. Okay, when we got saved, we were saved unto having unfeigned love of the brethren. And then next week, we're going to see, see that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. That love, love there is that agape love, that, uh, that uh, love that is God's love. Amen. We're to love. We love one another with God's love as well. But our love for one another, uh, this brotherly love, should be marked by honesty. Honest love is an authentic love. Here, Peter reminds us as believers that our salvation resulted in us being able to have an unfeigned love of the brethren. And you ought to underline that word, unfeigned. To feign something is to pretend. It's to pretend. And Peter uses the term here that literally means without hypocrisy. Uh, there should be no hypocrisy in our love. We, we, we could say that this love of the brethren is to be a genuine or authentic love. Real love involves selfless giving. And we're going to see that next week. Um, a self-centered person can't truly love as they should. If you're focused on self, you're not going to be concerned about others, are you? You're just not. You know, it's all about me. Yeah, and uh, if you're going to be all about you, uh, you're not going to have the love that you ought to have uh, for uh, some other person. God's love and forgiveness frees us to take our eyes off of ourselves and to help meet the needs of others. Look at Romans chapter number twelve. Romans chapter number twelve, in verse nine and ten. Romans twelve. And verse number 9, now he uses a big word here, uh, dissimulation. I call that one of them $50 words. 
you know. You have to break it down to some change <laughs> to understand what it's talking about. But I, I'll help you with this. I let, it says in verse number 9, Romans 12, verse 9, let love be without dissimulation. That means without hypocrisy is what that means. Let it be sincere. That's what dissimulation means. Be sincere. Be without hypocrisy. He says, abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good. Notice this. Be kindly affectioned. What in the world does that mean? Um, prone to love. Be prone to love. Uh, be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love. There's that Philadelphia right there. Uh, brotherly love in honor, preferring one another. Um, so we ought to respect one another, haven't we? Be in honor, preferring one another, be, be, you know, preferring to be in the, uh, in the company of each other as brothers and sisters in Christ. Now, honest love is not only an authentic love, but we see the honest love, second of all, is an active love. Now for this, I want us to turn to 1 John chapter number 3. Look at 1 John chapter number 3. And uh, notice verse 17 and 18 here, 1 John 3 and verse number 17. And of course, verse 16 talks about God's love for us. He said, Hereby perceive we the love of God because He laid down His life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But verse 17 says, But whoso hath this world's good, and seeth his brother have need, and sheddeth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? My little children, here's the key, let us love, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. In deed and in truth. To love in deed and in truth means that our love and caring for one another must both be uh, active and authentic. By active, we mean that it is shown by what we do. Uh, it's a, it's a, an active, you, you show your love. It's not just a, a, a feeling that you have inside. It's shown on the outside. I think we, we all like being cared for, don't we? I dare say that most people who are searching for a church have that as a, at least one criteria that they're looking for in a church is to be amongst a caring group of people. Every church should be a caring church because the church, listen and understand this, the church is Christ's body on the earth. And we know that Jesus cared when he was here in body, and now we're his body, and so we ought to care. <laughs> now that Christ has ascended on high, we are his body, and he works through uh, us as his body on this earth. Caring churches of necessity are made up of caring individuals. Can't have a caring church without caring individuals. Caring individuals honestly seek to help meet the needs of others. So our love for each other should be marked by honesty, both authentic love and an active love. Second thing we see is found in Galatians chapter number 6, if you'll flip there please. Galatians chapter number 6, and that is this. Our love for one another should be marked by healing. And uh, when, I, when I say healing, I'm, I'm saying that in, it's in the sense that we see 
here in, in Galatians 6, verse 1 and 2. He says in, in Galatians 6, verse 1, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Notice, bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Say, true brotherly love uh, provides healing in the sense of bearing one another's burdens. True brotherly love reaches out to those who are hurting. And he mentions the law of Christ there, and of course the, I believe the, the, what he's referring back to is Jesus uh, talking to his disciples in John chapter 13, verse 34 and 35, where he said, A new commandment I give unto you. Sounds like a law to me, right? The law of Christ, a new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you. Now that's a tall task, isn't it? To love one another as Jesus loved us. He said that by this shall all men know that ye are my disciples if ye have love one to another. Now if we don't have love one to another, we're not showing Jesus, are we? We're just not, he's just not showing, shining through our life the way that he ought to. Uh, look at uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4. And uh, for here, I want us to, to, to look at verses 9 uh, through 12. And Paul is addressing the Thessalonian church here, and he's actually commending them here in verse number 9 and 10. Notice what he says in 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4, verse number 9. He says, But as touching brotherly love, there's that Philadelphia. Okay, brotherly love, but as touching brotherly love, ye need not that I write unto you. For ye yourselves are taught of God to love one another. And indeed ye do it toward all the brethren which are in all Macedonia. But we beseech you, brethren, that ye increase more and more. In other words, you're showing good love to all the brothers in Macedonia. Let me encourage you, keep on doing that and do more. That's, that's basically what he's saying there. Uh, look at verse number 11. He says, And that you study to be quiet and to do your own business and to work with your own hands as we commanded, that you may walk honestly toward them that are without and that ye may have lack of nothing. So um, we see this kind of reminds me like the story that Jesus told in Luke chapter number 10. I'm not going to turn over there and look at that, but it's the story of the Good Samaritan. I think we're all... Uh, familiar with that story, uh, you know we need to respond to each other with the kind of caring that says, you know, when I see somebody hurting, my, my, my brother hurting, I'm going to do what I can to take care of him. Now we need to understand that we won't have a healing love if we are self-centered. Not going to have a healing love if we're self-centered. Remember that in that parable of the Good Samaritan, the man who was robbed, wounded, and left for dead was passed by by a priest and a Levite? Well, both of those were busy, important men. They had duties at, down at the temple. and Perhaps their minds were absorbed with their jobs in the temple. And uh, this reminds me that far too often we fail to care for those who are hurting because we don't want any interruption in our plans. We've got a schedule to keep. We got plans, and we don't want anybody interrupting that. I, you, we, we get so focused on what we got to do that when we see somebody hurting, we don't take the time 
or make the time to help those individuals. Um, another thing here is we need to understand that we won't have a healing love if we uh, stay isolated or distant from others. You know, some people are hard to get close to. Man, they just you, they, they, they um, try to stay isolated. People in church are often masters at this. Many times we, we make small talk and, and speak superficially to people without really getting to know them because we're afraid of getting involved with other people and their needs. But listen, we can't come to know others or their needs by staying isolated and staying distant. You're not going to come to know them that way. Another thing we need to understand is that we won't have a healing love if we don't listen. We need to take time to listen when someone expresses a need. Uh, one woman was fed up with the superficial level of communication in her church and uh, uh, so she conducted an experiment and and to everybody who passed by her uh, she and asked her how are you she replied lousy and some people didn't even hear what she said they just kept on walking and doing their business some said I'm sorry to hear that but no one asked her why she was lousy or asked if they could be of help to her now, we must list, learn to listen to folks who have needs. You know, it's important for us to listen. And, and uh, the, the least we can do is pray. Amen? There's not a person in here that doesn't have the ability to pray. If you're, sa- if you're saved by God's grace and you know Him, the, 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 the one thing that you can do is pray. Now, uh, a fourth thing we need to understand is we need to understand that we won't have a healing love if we think someone else should, should be the one to help. Yeah. Well, they need help, but I need to find them somebody else that will help them. And sometimes that's the case. Uh, when, when some people hear about a problem in another person's life, the first thing you want to do is call the pastor. Well, that's okay. But have you ever thought about allowing the Lord to use you to help meet a need in someone's life. Each of us has a responsibility to demonstrate love, not just the pastor. Okay, um, the Lord may make you aware of the need because He wants to use you in the process of meeting the need. Think about that. Maybe, maybe God's got something for me to do in this. And then uh, a fifth thing here, we need to understand that. We won't have a healing love if we think problems will solve themselves. We need to not listen to the fleshly thoughts that say, don't get involved, they'll work it out. Yeah, Everything will be okay, they'll work it out. We need to listen to the Holy Spirit within because that Holy Spirit within wants to manifest His fruit through our life. Fruit of what? Love, number one. Joy, peace long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, these things. That's what the Holy Spirit wants to work through our life and, and be fruitful in our life, uh, ministering to others through that fruit. Just because we may have, uh, have been able to work through a similar situation doesn't mean someone else will be able to do the same thing without some help or guidance. You realize that maybe you went through some of those things and God gave you that experience so you could help somebody else going through the same experience. 
That's Second Corinthians chapter number one. That's the last place I have you turn. Look at Second Corinthians. Chapter number one. And uh, look at verse number three. It says, uh, Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and God of all comfort. That, that, there's a lot of good right there, amen? <laughs> He's the Father of mercies. Yeah. Which of us haven't need mercy at some point in our life? The God of all comfort. Uh, we, we can use God's comfort, can't we? But notice verse 4. It's talking about God who comforteth us in all our tribulation. Notice. That we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. That's what I was saying. Maybe God allowed you to go through that so that when you saw somebody else going through a similar situation, you say, look, let me tell you what God did for me. Yeah, give God the glory. And, and let them grow in, in the Lord. It says verse 5, For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also aboundeth by Christ. And whether we be afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation, which is effectual in the enduring of the same sufferings, which we also suffer. Or whether we be comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation. <laughs> and our hope of you, notice this, our hope of you is steadfast, knowing that as ye are partakers of the sufferings, so shall ye be also of the consolation. God can use us in a great way. Um, the, the problems are not going to solve themselves. They need, they need help. And, and we can help with the help that God gives through us. Amen. Then we see the third thing here. Our, our love for one another should be marked not only by honesty and healing, but uh, finally our love for one another should be marked by humility. H humility. What does humility have to do with demonstrating brotherly love? Well, listen, humility must be a part of this equation because pride will keep us from doing what brotherly love requires. Pride will keep you from doing that. Uh, brotherly love requires that we try to right our wrongs. You know, in this life, we're going to wrong some people sometimes. But we need to try to right those wrongs, especially we, as believers we need to do that. Jesus said in Matthew 5, 24, Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar, and, and there rememberest that thy brother hath ought against thee, leave there thy gift before the altar, and go thy way, and first be reconciled to thy brother, and then come and offer thy gift. Brotherly love requires that we try to right our wrongs. Brotherly love requires that we try to reconcile when others have offended us. Sometimes uh, somebody says something and, and they may not even realize that what they said or, or some, in some cases when your hearing's bad you may not have heard the right way. I know because I got these hearing aids in here. You know, uh, The batteries went dead this morning and then uh, I, uh, I put some new ones in there so that I can hear straight, hear properly. Uh, but sometimes we hear things or understand things the wrong way. Sometimes uh, it comes out of people uh, in a way they didn't intend for it to come out, and we can get offended. 
And uh, brotherly love requires that we try to reconcile when others have offended us. Matthew 18, verse 15 through 17. says, Moreover, thy, my, if thy brethren shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. Now, you don't just broadcast it to everybody else. You go, go and try to handle it one-on-one. Not even in the hearing of somebody else. Uh, it says, If he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. But if he will not hear thee, then take with thee one or two more in the mouth of, that in the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. And if he shall neglect to hear them, tell it unto the church. But if he ne- neglect to hear the church, let him be unto thee as a heathen man and a publican. And then we see brotherly love requires that we forgive others when we've been offended. You know, we, we need to keep in our mind the great forgiveness that Jesus had for us, that our God has had for us. Amen. Matthew eighteen twenty one, Peter came to the Lord Jesus and he and said to him, Lord, how how often shall my brother sin against me, and I forgive him till seven times? Understand that Peter thought he was being generous at seven times. Jesus said unto him, I say not unto seven times, but until seventy times seven. That's a lot, isn't it? Yeah. Let's let's be quick to forgive and not hold grudge. You know, bitterness doesn't hurt the person you got bitterness against. It hurts you. It really does. Colossians three, verse twelve and thirteen. Listen listen to what it says. Colossians three, verse twelve. It says, Put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved. Put, put on bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, listen, forbearing one another, that means putting up with one another, and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. That, that's, that's a tall task in it. I'm not saying it's easy. What I'm saying is it's the right thing to do. It's a biblical thing to do. Amen. I want to close with the illustration. There were two men who were headed, heading by dog sled to their outpost in Alaska. They were both in, in danger of freezing to death because it was really cold. Of course, uh, Alaska stays that way most of the time. <laughs> but as they were going along, they came upon somebody who it appears were uh, almost frozen to death. And one said to the other, let's stop and help him. Another said, no, if we stop and help him, we'll surely freeze to death and never make it to the outpost. The one who wanted to help said, well, let me off here and you go ahead. And he got off the dog sled as his companion continued. And he tried to revive the dying man by massaging his arms and legs in order to get the blood circulating in his body. The effort he expended in massaging the man's limbs gave him the physical heat that he needed to keep from freezing to death. The snowstorm was soon over and the two were safe, but down the path was a dead man with a dog sled who was all alone. It was his companion who continued ahead alone. You know, when we stop to help others, it, it's not only good for them, but it's good for us too. Okay? Uh, we are never more like Jesus than when we exhibit compassion 
We can love each other because we have been loved so greatly. So great a love that we've been loved with. And that's the love we're to, to love with. I wonder this morning, have you experienced that love? If not, you can experience that love today. But God commended this love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. God loved us in a great way. And if you have experienced that love, are you showing it to others and sharing it with others? Listen, it's what the Lord has called us to do. Amen. Add brotherly kindness to godliness. It's one of the keys that you need to grow the way that God would have you to grow. Let's pray. Father, thank You for the truth of Scripture. And Lord, when we put these things into action, we, we come to know that um, they are true. Um, they are true uh, just because they're Your Word, but uh, when we put uh, brotherly kindness to action, uh, and be, be a help to others. Uh, it's really a help to us too. And Lord, we just pray that we might grab hold uh, as your children to this concept of brotherly kindness, especially among our brethren here at the church, brothers and sisters that are, uh, help us to be a, a close-knit family uh, that you uh, would be uh, pleased with. There's one here today that doesn't know Christ. Help them to come to know Christ today. The Lord will give you the praise for, for that. But Lord, bless us now during this invitation time, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.